You are listening to an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Hi, this is Mick, and you are listening to a Chirp Radio Artist interview. I am on the line with Jess and Bobby of Chicago band Doomflower. How are you both doing today? Pretty good. How are you, Mick? I'm doing good. How did you come together? Well, we met at a, a show in Columbus, Ohio, actually, in other bands we were touring with. Jess was making a film. Yeah, um, I was filming a documentary at the time, and we were at Tree Bar, I believe, which, for those who don't know, it was, at least at the time, there was a, a very large tree growing through the building, and I have some footage from that performance, <laughs> which at one point, he asked if he can borrow the camera um, to use the flash uh, during the set, and yeah, we just kind of became fast friends. Okay, so the band sort of grew out of your friendship, this this chance meeting at a show. Yes, and then and then I, I was in a band called Wedding Dress with Matt Lemke, who is in Doomflower, and Jess contributed to the Wedding Dress album, and then with another member of that started her old band Camp Dogs. Okay, okay, so this is a, this is a pretty intricate I guess you could say set of relationships that you all have. It's kind of a kind of a cat's cradle type situation. All of your bands are kind of in, intertwined, for sure. Yes. So what what made Doomflower sort of break off of as its own project? Um, I, th- I think a lot of it had to do with timing. I think like really getting the Doomflower band together was spurred by a show offer that Jess had in Iowa and. It was a Camp Dogs show, and also Doomflower was playing at a festival called GARP. Is that right, Jess? Yeah, you nailed it. We were both playing in both of the bands for that show. Yeah, sounds like a big night. Yeah. <laughs> there was, was a rainstorm, and we were yeah we we were supposed to sleep there there was accommodations inside of this like house on the property but because of the rainstorm it like all the spaces filled up with people that were that didn't have to like pack up their instruments because they so they could instantly retreat to the a dry place so i think i ended up sleeping in the van or something like that but it was a it was a fun experience overall Uh, i was in codfish hollow in makokla iowa I've never heard of that. That must be that must be pretty rural. <laughs> yes. There was no cell phone reception and there was like two stages in different barns. Very it's really fun. It beautiful too. Um it's put on by Sean who used to do uh day trucker. You mentioned a big rainstorm. I feel like a, a big storm is definitely thematically appropriate to Doomflower's music, especially on uh, Limestone Ritual. It has just very heavy kind of atmosphere, kind of cloudy. What are what are some of the moods that you are hoping to convey with your music, and what kind of moods is the music 
coming out of for you? I like I like that comparison to a big storm. I think oftentimes when it storms, there's kind of like a sense of it coming. Uh, mood changes, maybe things quiet a little bit. The color of the sky changes, the smell changes. And so that's kind of a fun comparison as far as your senses being confused or like just having your attention taken over for a little bit. Just, I don't know, kind of being more vigilant. But um, as far as moods go, musically I tend to gravitate towards something that you move your body to. And Bobby is kind of the king of writing a bass line that makes me, it's just an instant groove that kind of wears itself in from the start. And Matt Lemke has a lot to do with overall mood um, and that storm element. He plays a lot, most of the keys that you hear. And Arif too. Arif has such a unique style. And I think each member is doing something for me that is familiar, but I'm continually surprised by what's coming so that's kind of storm related <laughs> as well like uh we're out of control you'll never know what you're gonna hear from uh, from us I did have a, another working title for a band name that was Tiny Amazing Camera, and it was kind of an homage to this device that has changed my life. It's my favorite thing to create any kind of visual accompaniment and also just to document life with. It's separate from my phone, which is nice, and it's small, and the file sizes are negligible, and it just has an interesting, very simple, but really interesting results with uh, how reactive it is with light. You can do a lot of in-camera tricks if you just try things out. It's, I love it. <laughs> it's, it's called a digital Haran Izumi, if anyone's curious, or maybe if you've come across them before, but it, it looks like a toy. And the cover of Limestone Ritual uh, was shot with that because I was documenting the same fence every time I would walk by it in the late part of the year in 2020. And I shot well, at least one of our music videos with it and a handful of other music videos, um, including a Joan of Arc part of one of those videos. And yeah, the, the overall mood, people have said that even though the colors don't necessarily read as true, they carry more feeling in them. And maybe maybe that's uh, relatable. That's really interesting that um, the band almost was named after this device and that it's such thematic significance to you and also impacts the visuals for this band so much. I feel like the just sort of the hazy sort of feeling that you get from the image of the cover and the sort of the lo-fi quality of of the recordings, um, it lends itself a lot to interpretation, and it can be kind of can be kind of like a Rorschach test a little bit. There's a lot of interpretable elements, and feels like the songs could kind of go in a lot of different directions. And I, f I find that endlessly fascinating. Well, that was you. like important to us in writing. We we kind of consciously set out to say like, let's keep the songs as simple as possible and try to just not go too far with production or anything. Just make it sound as, as good as we can. Do you have like specific visuals in mind while you're working on specific songs? And how do you how do you coordinate that? And if you do, how do you coordinate that vision between the members? I usually do have maybe not specific visuals, but some element of feeling that 
I haven't really considered it, but maybe I am pulling a lot from that camera. And as far as conveying that to each other, it's pretty natural. And a lot of times not mentioned, it's kind of just intuited, I think. Or what about Lois Hills? That was a more specific visual concept of there's a line in the middle of the song that it's cut out the cowgirl ish. And that was pulled directly from just a visual that I had about riding a horse and shooting a gun into the air. <laughs> That's the most concept to direct to lyric that, that I have, I think, personally. Okay, did you tell the band while, while you're working on the song that uh, this was about you riding a horse? Or <laughs> was this <laughs> something that you revealed after, the, after it was recorded and done? It was revealed to me after, I, I think. Yeah. So these songs have a lot of secrets, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are there any other you know, small secrets or hidden curios tucked away in any of these songs that you care to share? I guess here's like a secret for that I haven't told Bobby, but some of some elements of the song Telehealth on the on Limestone Ritual, a reference in reference to he and I catching up on the phone sometimes when uh, we were in in heavy lockdown time and often like um, sharing ideas musically and yeah, it just felt like revitalizing. Bobby, what's your reaction to that? <laughs> oh, I didn't I didn't know that. That's interesting but yeah we worked a lot like with emailing like kind of parts back and forth so sometimes it was it was nice to like actually talk about like what are we doing or you know putting the music the intertwining parts together and uh, get on the same page about like what it's what it's supposed to end up sounding like What's next for the band? Do you think that you're going to be playing some shows in Chicago soon? Just I know you're out on tour with another band right now, so it might not happen right away, but uh, what, what are your future plans for the band? In the immediate, we're working on a batch of demos. Yeah, we, uh, we started recording just before I left for this run, and that's kind of taken the forefront of my attention, but I'd like to play some more Chicago shows, but um, we have nothing to speak of at the moment, but we're kind of focusing on these new songs, and this is our first opportunity to write together as far as physically and together. The majority of what we've done together has been apart, spent apart. And so it feels like our first record that we're working on because it's a, it's more immediate. We can meet each other in our practice space and, and play together in the same room. And so I think that changes the dynamic in a good way. Well, uh, Bobby, Jess, thank you so much for making the time to uh, talk with me for the Trip Radio Artist Interview Series. Again, this has been Mick in conversation with Doomflower. We love you, Chirp listeners. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we love Chirp. I love listening to Chirp. It's really uh, a treat to, if I'm, God forbid, if I have to drive anywhere, I can hop on the frequency. You can you can get our LP or tape at recordlabel.us. It will take you to the Bandcamp site. Yeah, I love the name of your label. It's just so straightforward. Oh, it's, yeah, right. No frills. It's just like, hey, guys, this is it. This is the yeah. whole deal. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this has been an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find this and more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. 